glorified. The scripture says, if I be lifted up, I will draw every man to you. This shall be to the glory of the Lord. I say, this shall be to the glory of the Lord. Let's just celebrate God for what God is about to do and for what God has done. The name of the Lord be celebrated in Jesus' name. I say, amen. I say, amen. Now, in this season, God is teaching us something clear. He's teaching us that if we speak well, we will do what? We will live well. We're going to take a very quick recap of what we did on Sunday, but we're going to take a little bit dimension to have us understand that we can also take advantage of what we are believing God for this season and speak a word of faith to every situation we are believing God for. It will baffle you that sometimes in the place of prayer that the enemy himself will give you a very clear picture of what you are praying about just to show you how hard and how difficult it is about what you are praying for. It may begin to to, to, to twat your prayer a little bit to believe in what you are seeing. But the Bible says, for we are not, we do not live by sight. Is somebody here with me? We do not live by what? We do not live by sight. The scripture was clear when it says, for we call the things that are not as though they were, as though they were. Do I have a witness this morning? And the Bible also tells us that, behold, I am the Lord. He says, I am the God of all flesh. He said, is there anything too hard for me to do? Is there anything for God to do? Nothing too hard for the Lord to do. And in this season we'll begin to speak what we want to see concerning every situation, concerning what the Lord is taking us through and so shall it be in the name of Jesus. I say so shall it be in the name of Jesus. The senior pastor read a scripture for us concerning the story of um, of Lazarus. And the Bible said one of the things that I've come to see in this season, we're going to look at how to speak well and to speak possibility to everything that we want God to do. We're going to look at how we need to speak possibility in all that we need to do. And we're going to learn from each other this evening because we know that we are faith have been trialed. We know our prayer level have been trialed. We know that our belief have been tried. We know our hope have been tried. And so we can't deny the very fact that some people feel a little bit down. But we're going to strengthen ourselves until joy and the faith and our prayers is made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. As we begin to speak the word of faith this season, the Lord God is ready to make manifest and to make every word that we speak to become flesh. Is somebody with me? The Bible says that when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, for the very first time I saw this, when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus just before he got there. His disciples said to him, he said to the disciples, for we go to a city. And he says, for our friend Lazarus is what? For our friend Lazarus is what? Asleep. So what we say in this season really, really matters. Jesus was careful about what he says concerning the situation. The reality was there. What he was called for was there. The situation seemed to be a dead situation. 
But we're going to learn that we have to speak possibility even in the face of impossibility. We are not speaking by the bank of what we have, but we are speaking by the bank of what heaven has in store. It's somebody with me. And so we're going to learn and going to teach ourselves within ourselves how we can speak possibility in the, even in the place of prayer. Even in the face of impossibility, Jesus said to them, he said, for our friend Lazarus is what? Asleep. It is easy to say the way it is. Someone can say, let's just say the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. It is the way we want to see it and the way we want to see it become flesh. Jesus said, for Lazarus is what? Asleep. And anyone that goes asleep must surely what? Come back to life or wake up. And so we're going to learn we need to speak possibility to everything that we need to see. Secondly, another thing Jesus always does when it comes to the place where he seems he seemingly come to a point of difficulty in the eyes of men. The Bible says he came to a place where he needed to feed 5,000. In another part, the Bible says he needed to feed 4,000. In both circumstances, there was difficulty or there was a realization that this was an impossible thing to do. In fact, the disciples will come and say to him, we have only five loaves of bread and two fishes. What they were saying is, we have a situation that seems to be impossible. In the face of impossibility, there are things we need to still say. The Bible says, and Jesus said to them, for those two occasions, it could have been easy for Jesus to complain or for us to complain. Lord, why have and you allow this to come to us. But the Bible says in all circumstances, the Bible says, and Jesus will lift those bread to the heaven. Lord, in this season, I will not speak complaints. In this season, I will not ask you questions. In this season, I will season everything that I say, that every word of complaints will rather come out as a thankful word. And the Bible says, and Jesus lifted up that bread and said, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. Do we have a thankful heart this morning? Do we have a thankful heart this evening? The enemy wants us to complain, but we're going to lift up even the bread that we have that is remaining. And we're going to be seasoned with salt to say, Lord, I'm not going to complain about this five. Father, we do what? We thank you. Is somebody ready to thank God this evening? We are saying, Father, we thank you for what is left. Because the Lord God, he says, is the God of leftovers. He doesn't need so much to do anything. He needs what is left out of you to bring back to life what we are looking for. Somebody celebrate the name of the Lord. And in all this, we are just going to learn from ourselves how we can come to the place of prayer and still be thankful. The most important thing we need to do in this season is to change every narrative of complaints. Every narrative of complaints, once the enemy makes you to look at what God has not done, then we may, we may be missing it. This season, we're going to be thankful. Irrespective of what the enemy is doing, we are thanking God for what God is about to do, for what God has done, and what God is going to make glorified in his life. Somebody that is thankful, just celebrate the name of the Lord this evening. Celebrate the name of the Lord this evening. And so the reality is in the place of prayer, one thing is sure, that the enemy will paint pictures of what you've seen. 
the reality of what is on ground. But we do not walk by sight, but we walk by what? By faith. Is somebody ready to speak this evening? We're only going to speak what we want to see and what the Lord says. The scripture says, whose report will you believe? Whose report shall we believe? We shall only believe whose report? The report of the Lord. The scripture was clear. It says, if God says it, I believe it and what? And that will settle it. This case is settled and so shall it be in Jesus' name. So this evening we're going to look at three things we need to see that will make us to speak possibility in the face of what we have. Three things to speak possibility in the face of what we see. And we're going to make it interactive a bit so that we will not think that we are all supermen here. That it comes to a point where you pray and something don't ring in your, be- in your, head, in your head that could this actually be. The Bible says concerning Mary and Mary asks, can these things be? And the angel said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Immediately, Mary heard those words. The Bible says, and Mary kept those words and said, let it be unto me according to whose word? According to the word of the Lord. Let it be unto thy bond servants according to the spoken word of the Lord. And we'll speak possibility until we see the reality in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, and the word became flesh. We will speak God's word. We will do our best until whatever we say, we see it come to reality. We see the flesh in whatever we say in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, praise the name of the Lord. John chapter 6, let us go to verse 11. Let's just put in perspective what we have just summarized because we're going to take them one after the other. How we can speak possibility even in the face of impossibility. Because that is what we need to do in this season. We'll speak possibility even in the face of what? Impossibility. Let me ask, has anybody's faith been trialed since Sunday? Has anybody's faith been trialed? Your faith has shaken. You've asked God, can this really can this really can this really come to pass can you hear this answer and the reason why we have asked those questions is because we have seen we have seen the red sea right in front of us am i correct we have seen the red sea right in front of us and we are asking like the children of israel what is it what is the need for us from here we are now looking as if we are in between the red sea and the enemy behind And we are looking as if, can God really come through for us in this season? And let me ask, let's just be true to ourselves here. Has anybody thought anything? Let's be true to ourselves. A little bit negative within this period. You've just thought, a negative thought have come to your mind. A negative thought have dropped in your mind. However it is, something will drop in your mind. If you are human, you will see the reality and you will ask yourself, Lord, have you brought us this far to destroy us? Have you brought us this far to destroy us? And the Bible says that let, let, let's say to the righteous, it is what? It is well. We will say to the righteous, it is what? It is well. And it is a season where we need to speak well that we may live well. And so in this season, we must begin to speak to ourselves. 
And that is why prayer altars are raised everywhere so that we encourage ourselves in the place of prayer. And it is a moment where our faith is being tested and what we say really matters going forward. Praise the name of the Lord. In John chapter 6 and verse 11, the Bible says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given, given what? And when he had given, is it possible to complain? Is it wrong to even complain? If you, if you don't get what you want, don't we complain sometimes? The Bible says, and Jesus, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Only five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people. Then it could have been natural to complain. In the place of prayer, you can complain in the place of prayer. And that is why we learned over time that even in the place of prayer, we must guard how we speak because the way we come to God may determine the, 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 the body nature, the, the conduct of how we come to God in prayer may also determine what we get from God. The Bible says, and Jesus lifted up the bread and he gave thanks. Lord, why me? Why am I going through this? The Bible says, and he gave thanks. Why has this come upon us? The Bible says, and Jesus did what? And he gave thanks. It is not because sometimes you feel like giving thanks. It's because it is a sacrifice that you need to do. When we sacrifice flesh upon our altar, then what comes after that will going to be a thankful word. And the Bible says, and every time Jesus does this, and the Bible says, and he will break the bread and he will give thanks. And one of the scriptures and one of the versions will say, and Jesus will say, I know you will hear me because you always hear me. The enemy is about, his target is to erode us about the miracles of yesterday. If he can erode you of the 5,000, the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000, erode us of those miracles. And one of the things that God did when he led the children of Israel to, 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 to the brink of entering the Canaan land, the Bible says, and God said to them, he said, get a knife and sacrifice everyone that is here. At that point, there was no one that was alive that saw the miracles of the Red Sea. At that point, there was no one that was alive that saw the miracles of the quail. None of them were alive. They did not see those miracles. And the Bible says, and God knew that if I bring this one in, they will so forget what I've done and all what they will do is to complain. In fact, the scripture was clear. He said it came to a point that the only man living that saw the miracles of yesterday was Joshua. And that was what took Joshua to begin to tell them the stories of yesterday. The children never saw it. They never heard of it and never was those story told to them. And so the miracles of yesterday may be eroded by the events, a single event that the enemies throws at us. But the Bible says, irrespective of this, the scripture says, Jesus lifted up the bread and he gave what? Thanks. Is somebody ready to be thankful this evening? We're going to go into another moment where we're just going to be thankful to God. The moment you get to the point where we lose our thanks, there was a song that says, I will never lose my praise. 
I'll never lose my words, my praise. And the scripture says, can somebody multimedia please help us with Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. The scripture says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by what? By prayer. Have we been praying or not? Have we been praying or not? He says, by prayer and supplication. He says, don't forget you need to pray. He says, by prayer and supplication with what? With what? Did he say with complaints? He says, with thanksgiving, let what be known to God. Let your request be known to God. So if we need to speak well, one of the words that we need to speak in this season is what? Thanksgiving. We just need to give God reckless praise. That is why I thank Minister Toby when he was leading us in prayer for over 20 minutes. All what we were doing was, was worshipping God for who he is. Because that's what the enemy wants to take. He wants to hear complaints from us, but we are not going to complain. He wants to hear complaints from you, but we are not going to complain. He wants us to question God, but we will not question God. Rather, the only thing we will say is, Father, we thank you. Somebody give God praise this evening. For what God has done or what he has not done, we will continue to what? To speak well and speak the word of what? Thanksgiving. This meeting is to encourage us. Let not your heart be what? Be troubled. Let not your heart be what? Be troubled. This will come to an end and it will end in victory in the name of Jesus. I say we will speak victory to this situation in the name of Jesus. Number two, we need to speak the reports of the Lord. Whose reports will you believe? John chapter 11 verse 11. Let's go. John, no, sorry, Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Help us with Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Romans 3 verse 4 says, Certainly not indeed. Let God be what? Let God be what? Please help me. Let God be what? Be true. But let every man be a what? A liar. Let God be true and let every man be what? Be a liar. He says, as it is what? Written. What is written is what God gives, the report that the Lord gives. The report of any other man shall be a what? A lie concerning this matter. He says that you may be justified in your what? In your words. So whatever we speak this moment, we must speak the right thing of what is written alone. Anything that is written is what would justify our words. It says, let, the, let that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. What are the things that God has written? Anybody, just give me any good thing that the Lord has written that counsels every ordinance of the enemy. You shall live and not what? And not die. Somebody help me with another one. You shall prosper and be in what? In good health. Somebody else, just help me here. I can't hear you. You shall be the head and not the word and not the tail. Is it written or not? Is it written or not? Come on, help me. Do we have... You shall what? I didn't hear that. I shall be above and not what? Beneath. Is it written or not? 
Is it written or not? The enemy have written us off concerning this matter. Bible says, let only God be true and let every man be a what? A liar. As it is written, we'll be justified by every word that we say. And we declare that we shall be the head and not the tail in the name of Jesus. This shall end well in the name of Jesus. Healing shall come in the name of Jesus. You are restored in the name of Jesus. Affliction shall not rise the second time. That is a report of the Lord. Somebody give God praise in the house if you bless God. Amen. So the Bible says, for you shall be justified by your words. Somebody help me, multimedia, Isaiah chapter 3 and in verse 10. Isaiah chapter 3 and in verse 10. Isaiah 3 verse 10, the Bible says, Say to the righteous that it shall be what? It shall be well with what? With them. Turn to somebody and say, it shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. Now this is not the report of man, but the report of who? Of the Lord. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with them. We shall speak positivity and not negativity. Irrespective of what we see, we shall speak what? Positivity and not what? Negativity. He said, say to the righteous that it shall be well with them. For they shall eat the fruit of their doing. Now, is this the word of man? This is not the word of man and this is the word of God. And the foundation of the Lord standard sure. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need to encourage ourselves to speak positivity every time. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the reports of the Lord. Lastly, before we just go into a moment of worship. John chapter 11 verse 25. John chapter 11 verse 25. Now for a long time we have always believed that resurrection is when we die and when the judgment comes. Is that true? That we shall see or come to the point where we experience resurrection. Now this is still the story of Lazarus and the Bible says, And when Martha came to meet Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Lazarus will rise again. And, Laz and, and, and Martha said to the Lord, he said to Jesus, I know he will rise again at the judgment day, I know he will rise again. But Jesus said to her, I'm not talking about the, the resurrection day. We don't need to wait to the resurrection day before we experience a resurrection in whatever we do. Jesus said, no, no, I'm not talking about the resurrection of the last day. He says there's a situation on ground that we need to speak life to. There's a situation on ground that is dead that needs to rise again. In 1 Corinthians, the Bible says, For whatever is sown in dishonor will rise back in honor. Whatever is sown in shame will rise back in honor as well. Jesus said, I'm not talking about that resurrection. He says, For I am the resurrection and I am the word, the life. He said, Whoever believes in me, Though he may die, shall do what? Shall live again. Do you believe in that statement? The Bible, Jesus said, this is not about the last day. It's about the situation that we have now. 
You are not going to speak deadness into the situation, but we are going to speak life into the situation. Jesus is in this boat this evening. And Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. That whoever believes in me, though he was dead, he shall do what? He shall live. Give us the next verse. Verse 26 says, And whoever lives and believes in me shall what? Shall never die. And Jesus asks, Do you really believe this? Now I'm asking you as well, Do you truly believe this? We're not talking about the resurrection of the dead. Jesus said, no, I know I'm the resurrection. I'm not, I'm the one you are going to rise when you die and the judgment day. But we are talking about the deadness of Lazarus in this situation. And Jesus said, and whoever lives and believes in me shall not what? Shall not die. And Jesus asked Martha this question. He says, do you really believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that this situation will end well? Do you believe there shall be life again for our sister? Do you believe that situation shall see life again? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and he is alive? Do you believe that if you have him, everything will come back to life? Do you believe that there is nothing that is impossible for him to do? Do you believe that you can speak concerning this situation? And the Bible says, and Jesus spoke concerning Lazarus. Was Lazarus alive or not? Lazarus came back to life. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to rise to your feet and let's just worship the Lord in a few moments. You're not a man, oh. You're not a man, oh. You are the God who opens doors no man can Sing it now. You're not a man, oh. You're not a man.
seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Alright, just before we continue, we said earlier that we're just going to have a detour, just before we go on to have a quick review of what we learned on Sunday. We still have just about 20 minutes. We're just going to expound on that and make do of what time that we have. This was just to encourage us as brethren. This was just to give us a lift of whatever heaviness we may be facing and believing that the Lord will strengthen us in everything in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Now on Sunday we continued on the series, Speak Well, Live Well. Does anybody remember what we talked about on Sunday? Seasoned with what? With salt. Does anybody still remember? Now we spoke about three things that could help us to be able to understand the essence of gracing whatever we said. We read from Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. Does anybody remember that scripture? It's up on the, on the screen. It says, let your speech always be with what? Always be with what? Always be with and we explained or described what grace is all about, how we can engrace what we say, how we can engrace the way we walk, how we can engrace everything that we do. Praise the name of the Lord. And there were three things that we spoke about on the step to get to the point where whatever we say is engraced. Can somebody help me with the first one? What was the first one? Somebody? Willingness. And the second one was what? Learning And number three was what? And we have to put that into practice. Now, this is not, um, we're not going to go, I'm not going to go all over it by myself. Thank God we all remember. So we said number one was willingness. Number two was learning. And number three was what? 
was practice. And we went ahead to say, if we put these three things into practice, what we have done in essence is that we have learned the art of what? Of speaking or engracing whatever we need to say. So we came to the um, conclusion that we are not naturally born with the weakness of speaking. We are not naturally born with the weakness of being timid. We are not naturally born with the weakness of being tongue-tied. But if we put ourselves to learning, if we put ourselves to practice, we will end up engracing whatever we say. And Paul went ahead to say that let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with what? With salt. That ye may know how you ought to answer each one. And one of the things we learned is the moment you come to the point where we have learned how to engrace whatever we say, automatically what we do is more of self-development, self-tutoring. You come to the realization or come to the point where whatever you say after that becomes what? Seasoned. So rather than complain, you come to realization that because you have taught yourself, we have put ourselves into practice, whatever comes after that becomes what? A, a a thankful word or a gracious word. Praise the name of the Lord. And so as we look into this tree one more time, the aspect of willing, the willingness, the aspect of learning and practicing, we come to realization that as Christians, we have this deficit in one place or the other. Is that true? And so as we learn continuously how to how to speak well will come to, real, to the reality that it is not only what you learn here that we must come to realization that we must teach ourselves. And we said on Sunday that irrespective of which career you may build, you may be a business person, you may be a career person, but the real, reality is as we grow higher in life, speaking will become one of the ingredients that we require in life. Praise the name of the Lord. Is anybody here that you've come to the realization that you need to speak well in an area of your life? Is anybody here? You just discover in this season that there are some things you need to be able to learn. It may be your workplace, you just need to learn it. It may be your family, you just need to learn it. It doesn't come naturally, it comes by what? By learning. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. So in Exodus 4, we learned on that day, when God spoke to Moses... Now, this is the aspect we're going to go to now. If we are willing and obedient, and you need to learn. Now, in the case of Moses, God said to Moses, this journey will require you to learn how to speak. Remember that story. And Moses complained, and in, in Exodus 4 verse 10, Moses said to God, I get tongue-tied. Bible says, and Moses replied, God, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servants. He says, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Now, do you remember what happened? Can anybody remind me? When Moses complained, what did God do to Moses? What did God do to Moses? Now, did Moses go before Pharaoh alone? Did he go before Pharaoh alone? Now, what happened? Do you remember the story? How did God help Moses to conquer his weakness? Anybody? The story of how Moses appeared before um, King Pharaoh. How did God help him in his speech? If you have a mic. How did God help Moses? 
He put what? His brother, Aaron. So, he put his brother, Aaron, what? Beside him. So, did Aaron go with Moses to meet Pharaoh or not? Did Aaron go before Moses, before Pharaoh to meet Moses or not? Now, let me ask, who was doing the talking? Who was doing the talking? Moses, Aaron, Moses, Aaron. Who was doing the talking before Pharaoh? Anybody? Moses. If you say Moses, let me see your hand up. Moses. If you say Aaron, let me see your hands up. Then the rest of us are none of the above, right? <laughs> now let's say, let's, let's be serious now. If you say Moses, let me see your hand up. Moses. So before Pharaoh, you say Moses did the talking. Now, if you say Aaron, let me see your hand up as well. Aaron, all those who say Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Now, let's give the mic to anybody who said Aaron and tell us why you think Aaron did the talking. Praise the Lord. Now, you may be surprised. Aaron may be correct. So, Moses, we are coming to you as well. You will tell us what makes you think that Moses did the talking before Pharaoh. Aaron, let me see the Aaronites. Aaron's hands are down. Uncle, daddy, your hands was up. I saw you. Praise the Lord. No, but Aaron, anybody, if you think Aaron did the talking and you want to say why. Yes, let's have the brother. Tell us, did Aaron do the talking? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Aaron did the talking because Moses wasn't eloquent in speaking. So I believe when Moses could not um, utter some swift word, Aaron will help him out. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. For those who said Moses, let's see your hand up as well. You were more than every other one. Sister Abidemi, do you want to defend that motion? Okay, let her tell us who she thinks did the talking at that point. Before Pharaoh, yes. Moses did the talking. Mm. But before the children of Israel, Aaron did the talking. Exodus 4 verse 20. <laughs> what happened? Exodus 4 verse 30. And Aaron spoke all the words which, Lord, which the Lord has spoken unto Moses. And did the signs in the sight of the people. Aaron spoke before the people of Israel. But Pharaoh spoke before, I mean, but Moses spoke before Pharaoh. Why? Because Moses had lived with Pharaoh. Moses understood who Pharaoh was. But Moses was afraid of the people of Israel. So Aaron, who had lived with the people of Israel and who understood them, spoke to them. Praise the Lord. Now, do you have a Bible reference to back that side of. She doesn't. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Multimedia, still put that up. Still put that up. So in that same... Okay, so and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to who? To Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. Praise the name of the Lord. Sister Bidemi, praise the Lord. So, Zabide may have proven that Moses, Aaron spoke to the children of Israel. But she has not proven that Moses, Aaron spoke to the children of, to, before Pharaoh. Praise the Lord. Any other person, if you think Aaron, or Aaron, right? Moses did the talking. Anybody? 
For those who believe that Moses did the talking before Pharaoh, let me see your hands up one more time. Anybody, can you defend it? Yes, let's Thank hear that, sister. Lord. Hallelujah. I want to believe um, God is relating with Moses directly. Everyone doesn't have uh, that relationship with God based on that assignment. It was just to assist Moses. So it's Moses that spoke, and then everyone will just help him to maybe interpret some of the things that he said that is not clear to Pharaoh. That's my point. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you mean interpret, was he speaking in Yoruba and he was interpreting in English? Praise the Lord. Any other person? Minister Toby said he was a hype man. Amen. <laughs> okay, you are speaking on behalf of... You are there for the Moses there. Any other person? We are going somewhere. We are just going somewhere. Now, can multimedia help us with Exodus chapter 4 and in verse... Um, and verse 14. Exodus chapter 4, verse 14. Now, while we are paying attention to this is getting to understand that in the place of learning how to grace whatever or whatever or how we speak, that we need tutors on the way. Now the Bible says so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well and look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Give us verse 15. Now verse 15 says, And thou shalt speak to who? To him. Who is what? Aaron. And put the words in whose mouth? In Aaron's mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his what? With his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. Give us the next verse. And he shall be your what? He shall be your what? To who? To the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for who? For you. And you shall be, be to him as what? As God. So what God was saying, I will speak to you. You will speak to Aaron. Aaron will speak to the what? To the people. Now, if you need to get to the point where you speak well, you wouldn't get it right the first time. Now, you may need an Aaron to guide you. And before the children of Israel left um, Egypt, Aaron was much more of the spokesman for who? For Moses. For if you look at all the accounts, in chapter 5, of that same scripture and in verse 1 the Bible says and after Moses and Aaron and afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told who? Pharaoh thus says the Lord God of Israel let my people go and that they may hold a feast for me in where? in the wilderness now after the Pharaoh experience if you go afterwards for all that when Moses came down from the, from the mount that he received the word, he received the Ten Commandments. And when Moses were leading the children of Israel afterwards, there were records that Moses spoke directly to who? To the people. But originally, who was doing the speaking? It was Aaron. 
So if the, the same Moses that said earlier on that I cannot what? I cannot speak. He has stayed with Aaron and he had learned the art of speaking and he has gone to that moment where at that point he understood. Remember God said to him, in this assignment you must learn how to speak. When Moses was speaking in diverse occasions, in fact, when he came at some point, it was, the Bible said they, the, the, Lord, the anger of the Lord was kindled upon the children of Israel when he came from the mountain and upon Aaron. If the Lord is angry with Aaron, do you think he will still allow him to speak? Who do you think was speaking at that point? So don't think you will get there if you don't start off with an Aaron. The Aaron you may have may be the books you may read. It may be some seminars you may attend. It may be some classes you may go to. It may be the people you will come around with. But as long as you are using Aaron to help you for now, it's only the growth process. By the time the Lord helps you at the end, you will become the mouthpiece of the Lord directly by yourself. But you must learn first and have an Aaron to take us to the place where we are established in grace and learn how to be perfected in what we say. Praise the name of the Lord. So in life, you will see true in scripture. You hear so much about Joshua, but Joshua wasn't a Joshua without a Moses. You will hear about, about um, Elisha. Elisha was no Elisha without who? Without Elijah. Who are you mirroring at this point? That is a big question. Who are you mirroring from the way you walk, from the way you talk, from the way you act? Who exactly are you mirroring? If we need to get there this season, pastor have been teaching us how to speak well. Is there anybody in church that you are trying to mirror about how he or she talks? If you have such a person, it's time to go close to the person. If you are the kind of person that you stand before audience and you are shy, then something tells you that you may just have to learn how to speak. And if God is showing us this in this season, it is an indication that God may be leading us to that moment that this will be required of you. This may just be required of you. If you have customers, you talk to customers, then you must know how to talk. You may speak to one person, but if you have a mic, you won't be speaking to one person every time. What about calling your clients for a small seminar? It may be a Zoom meeting and then you are able to talk to them. How do you talk when you have people who are higher than you in a room? You know, some, some, some years back, um, I attended a training, one of the best training I've ever attended, but I never paid attention to that training because at that point in life, I thought it was not necessary in my career path. Praise the name of the Lord. And it was about, the, 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 the training was about speaking. I can't remember, but it was about speaking. So it was, an about, it was about an art of speaking that was taught in that period. You know, we're young that time. So what, who are we speaking to? What are we speaking for? Who, which crowd are we speaking? There was no indication that we would need to speak to anyone. So the teacher was so eloquent in his speech that even, even if you don't want to listen, you know, there are some classes you'll be, the class will be so interesting that you just have to listen to it. And so he started talking about how to manage yourself when you are speaking, not only to a crowd. 
you know, one of the things that challenged me way back was when you have trainings and they, they, they do something, training and maybe a training, a seminar or something. And maybe the facilitator comes or the organizer come and then they say, can anybody give vote of thanks in this place? And then you will see some people, they will just raise their hand from nowhere. And then they will start talking. And I used to wonder, where did this, did they rehearse what to say before now? They speak with so much comfort, confidence and eloquence. And I used to wonder and ask myself, did they learn it from somewhere? And that itself used to challenge me, but I paid no attention. One of the things that broke my reason, my, my challenge to speak was in the training of um, few group of people. And then we had this guy that was there. He was bad-mouthed. He didn't know how to talk. He can talk anyhow. And so we had this small class. After the training, they now said, is anybody here to say a word just to thank the facilitator? You know, everybody else that could speak reasonably, our hands were down. This individual that we know that can disgrace us was the only one whose hand was up. Praise the Lord. So the facilitator did not even care or anything. He just told him, okay, go ahead. Immediately, we all started looking at ourselves and said, ah, what were we thinking that we did not raise our hand? Now, Labaja wants to talk. I will know that he would disgrace every one of us. And truly, to his word, he disgraced every one of us. Praise the Lord. And from that moment, I now said to myself, what if I could just have, my problem sometimes wasn't how to speak, was even the boldness to even first raise that hand. Has it happened to anyone before? And then they said, who will speak here? And nobody will raise his or her hand to speak. Has it happened to anybody before? Has it happened to anybody before? I didn't expect this much response, but we are all guilty. I thought I was the only one. Amen. So he raised up his hand and he spoke and he never spoke well. And then he spoke and you know, these kind of people that will speak, they won't speak well, but they have confidence to speak what is not even okay. They are not, they are not, they don't know what they are saying is not okay. And they are so confident. And he kept talking until they now had to say, round up, round up, round up. Praise the Lord. But what if we knew how to talk? And one of the things my father did tell me that I remember while growing up, he said, you can never be in a meeting of people and they are speaking and you don't speak in that meeting. And he said, never you be in such a meeting. If you are there, it means you are either not relevant or you shouldn't be in that place at all. And he said, if you have to speak for every meeting, just raise your hand and say a word, a word. And I held that to heart. For every meeting, whether small or big, if they say any other thing, just say, even if you say, I concur, start with what? I concur. From the moment you are concurring, you will keep concurring until at least one day somebody will say, we used to have an uncle in our family meeting. By the time they just asked, they just say, I, I, I concur with the last speaker. Until one day they now told him, you cannot be concurring all the time. Just say something that is different from what, what every other person is saying. Are you with me? So that is how we start. We must start from somewhere. It may be someone you look forward to. How does this man do it that I cannot do it? How does he say it that he cannot say it? How do I introduce myself in the first place? If you meet somebody that is older than you in the place of meeting one-on-one, -on -one, how do you first introduce yourself? Is somebody with me here? So you must learn it. It's a graceful way to talk. You can say thank you and then leave a place. And somebody else can say thank you in a different way. Do you agree that? 
you can say thank you, just thank you, and it just look like normal thank you. And somebody else will say thank you, and it will look a different what a different way. Praise the name of the Lord. So Moses did the speaking afterwards after he had learned. And so in that journey, he required it, and God understood that he was, he required it. So in all the speaking we need to do, we need to learn that it's not just about being able to do what you need to do. You must be able to sell what you do. And there's a book I read sometime. It said, from the very first time you open your mouth, you are about to sell yourself. So watch what you say first. The moment they allow you to speak, just know that you are about to sell yourself. So watch what you want, you say first. Because they say, first impression, first impression what? Last what? Forever. Now thank God for PR companies that have made us to understand first impression really doesn't matter. That's one of their... That's one of their slogans. So what they do, if you make the mistake, you need to pay some companies to rephrase what you say that wasn't really how you meant it. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Are we learning here this evening? So first and foremost, we said you must have the willingness. That willingness is what will spur you to say something. Now let's put this to test. Let's assume I have finished teaching or let's assume I have finished talking and somebody wants to say a word, maybe a vote of thanks or just thank everybody for coming. Do we have a volunteer in this room that you just want to say something to thank, to thank everybody for coming and for anything? Anybody? This is where it starts. Praise the Lord. Anybody, you want to say something. Now, we're going to learn how he says it. And we're going to see how we can correct what he says. And if it's perfect enough, we'll let him go. Who else? You also want to say. So, let's hear him speak. So, assume this is a seminar. You just want to say something out of the blues. How do you and how do you go about it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for your time. So make that the time you made out to out of your busy schedule to be here and to address us in such a powerful manner. From and we are going to we are promising that we're going to put these things into practice and then we will get better and we'll make you proud. Thank you very much. Amen. Let's celebrate him. All right, let's hear Sister Buki. Let's hear Sister Buki. She has changed her mind. Amen. Okay, let's take Sister Ishama. Okay, Sister Buki. Now, this is important because even in a small meeting, you will understand that this is also important. Um, on behalf of every Grace Assembly member who attended today's service, we would like to first of all thank um, our pastor, um, Pastor Femi Paul, for his continuous leading um, in, you know, teaching us and then making sure that we follow through with, you know, the teachings of Christ. We would also like to thank every member who came this evening to take part in the prayers and also the interactive session. We thank you for your time and we truly appreciate you. 
we would also like to thank Pastor Etapia, who, our very own pastor, who took the interactive service today. Um, your teachings are always profound, and we truly appreciate you. And so on behalf of every Grace Assembly member who attended today's service, we would like to say thank you for a job well done. Praise the Lord. Please let's appreciate her one more time. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to say a difference between two of them. Now, one of the things we learned was for every meeting, you need to know the hierarchy of whoever is in that meeting. Never go to a business meeting. Don't assume the, most, the best dressed is the, the man that takes the decision. So that's why one of the things they say for every meeting, you need to go early. Once you go late, you'll be facing the wrong person because he's wearing suit. Whereas the man that owns the business is only wearing T-shirts. So you are thanking him. You are paying attention to the Thank you, sir. I know you will give me this business. And the man that is taking the decision is just there doing not, You are not appreciating or recognizing him. So one of the things we're taught, you need to know the hierarchy of whoever is on the table. And that is why even when you are going for an interview, you need to know who are those on the table. If you are in, in an interview, you have the HR, you have the technical person, you have the salesperson, and you are going for a technical a, a technical slot. You don't need to face so much of the HR. You need to show your competence to the man that is a technical person. If he loves you, HR will love you automatically. HR can't love you if the man that wants to hire you doesn't really like you. So I want to thank Sister Buki. That was one of the things I saw. Understanding who is in place and speaking in that forum and then you were able to strike the balance of what. This is just public speaking, but it helps in everything you do. Even if you gather or you go to a place where you have people, how to speak to the people, understanding who the people are is going to help you in the way you address them so that you won't address a man because he's wearing a badder is wearing t-shirts. You address him like a child because you don't give him enough respect, not knowing that he's a person that owns the business. Let's celebrate her one more time. Amen. As we bring this to a close, Sister Shama, did you want to say one more thing? Oh, she has said what you wanted to say. Oh, praise the Lord. You concur. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Can I um, go in a little different direction? How many of you know the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? If the mouth is not saying anything at a critical time, could it not point to me that I'm supposed to hear you? that the heart is empty at the time you should speak if you say nothing and the bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if you say nothing could it not be a telling sign that you are nothing Yes. and if you say rubbish could you not be forcing me to believe? Because the Bible says there's a time to keep silence and there's a time to speak. Now the time to speak is not when you start learning to speak. Which means there's a time to be willing to speak. Pastor Eteba. Time to be willing to speak, to, to learn to speak, yes. and the time to learn to speak before a time to speak. Three times. Time for you to become willing. Another time for you to learn. 
so that when it's time to speak, you can speak for yourself. Another thing I've heard, and um, it's very true, is don't always leave somebody else to tell your story. They may tell a wrong version of your story. Most people allow other people to tell their story because they can't speak. By the time somebody has told your story halfway, you want to jump in it. Most people don't want to hear what you've got to say anymore. If you're clever, if you have something to offer, you are the best person to prove it by speaking well. A tree is known by its fruit. You are not a tree. I can't go to Pastor Kambli looking for his fruit. One of the ways I can tell his fruit is the fruit of his lips. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says, you will eat from the fruit of your lips. So, in many ways, we're held back either when we don't speak or we don't know what to speak or we don't speak well. And so, you begin to quarrel about people who spoke their way into the palace. I tell you the truth, it's not so much the brilliance of Joseph that got him the job of the prime minister. Read this story. He said this, God will show to Pharaoh, give a good answer to Pharaoh for his dreams. That's what he said. He said the first seven years, he says the first seven years, what Pharaoh should do, listen to the way man speaks, look what Pharaoh should do, is find a man who will collect in the seven years of plenty and who will now sell in the seven years of farming. He said, let Pharaoh find a man. But the first thing he did when they called him out of jail was body language. Bible says he shaved the beard of prison and put on clothes that he had kept before he said anything. If people don't buy you the way you look, they're not likely to buy what you're going to say. Hallelujah. He shaved what to remind them that he's a jailbird. He wore the clothes that spoke like a man who grew up wearing a coat of many colors. Then he spoke with such deference to the king. He said the God will give Pharaoh an answer to his dream. Let's say Pharaoh, he didn't say let Pharaoh pick me. The Bible says when he spoke like that, Pharaoh thought, how can we find a man like this? And all his advisors agreed. Why? Let me tell you the truth. They looked at the man, he didn't look like somebody that had been in jail. They looked at the man, he didn't speak like somebody who should be in jail. They looked at the man that even with all his wisdom, he didn't project himself to say, I am the person. He said, let Pharaoh find the person. And he sat down. The rest is history. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just to add to that, um, when I was reading the story of um, Joseph, one of the things, one of the questions were, as an Israelite, you are not expected to shave your beard. So there was no reason why he needed to appear before Pharaoh shaved in his beard. 
But the reality was, depending on who you are going to appear before. So what does Pharaoh, or how do you appear before Pharaoh? It's not the same way you appear before the children of Israel. Oh, I don't shave my beard. And you appear before Pharaoh that way. And one lesson we need to understand is, he didn't come to the point where he had confidence before Pharaoh just like that. The scripture says he was busy in the prison interpreting dreams. So you may raise a small podium in your slow estate now interpreting dreams. It's just a preparation before you meet Pharaoh in the bigger palace. Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody celebrate the senior pastor for that contribution. And finally, before we go, we reminded us that we need to understand that even the way we grace ourselves, uh, Pastor spoke about how you dress, how we conduct ourselves in every facet of life really also matters. We gave an example of how people in just business dinner can lose businesses because they neither did not conduct themselves well or maybe they did not understand what the whole business was about. Now, let me give you an experience I had in my organization. There was an end-of-the-year party that was thrown, and there were a lot to eat. There were so much to eat and all the rest. And so on the VIP lounge, you could have only a few access, maybe to the executives and most of those manager level and all the rest. So um, the true story was, whilst there were a lot to eat and whilst they were winding down, there seemed to be one of these um, um, senior managers in the organization who was so happy with himself and he was drinking all that came to his way and he was drinking all the drinks and nobody really paid attention. Now, two weeks after the whole party, there was now an issue in his department. And when they now got to find out, they said, who is responsible? And they mentioned his name. Do you know the only thing that rang in the executive management's head? They said, is it that man we saw that was drinking Hennessy up and down? Praise the Lord. Now, it looks little, but sometimes you need to conduct yourself where you go to. It is not every party. The Bible says the king's meal is a what? Is only a snare. You don't eat it the way it comes. One of the trainings my father gave me was before you go to any party, it was a norm. You must eat until you are full at home before you go out. Because he knew at some point people go to a party and just because food did not get to their table, you create a name for what? For yourself. So you need to understand. Now, this is real. Have you seen people who, by the time look at their status, when they get to a party, they disgrace themselves because of food? You've not seen before. It happens. It happens. That's why they taught us when we were small, when you go to uncle's house or people's house and then you go with your father, they tell you what to eat and what not to eat. I remember when I went to my father, to my uncle's house with my father and then we we're eating uncle's house and then the uncle said, ah, eat, eat, there's food on the table. And then we we're told not to eat anything we see, so I withdrew. And then he said, eat now, is it, not your, is it because of your father? Ah, come on, I am your uncle, eat. And I look at my father, my father said, eat now, you're not in your uncle's house. And then I said, ah, well, I have been given liberty to what? To eat. So he said, no, eat, this is your uncle's house. My impression was, this is your uncle's house, feel what? Feel free. So as I took one of the meats to eat, you know, there's a way you put something in your mouth. I don't know how my uncle's face left the table and my eyes jammed my father's eyes. And what I just saw, eat. And so, you know, when they give you sign from here to the other table, you are eating, go ahead, eat. So you wouldn't know whether to swallow the what you have put in your mouth 
or not. So the, the, the indication was, you are eating, you are disgracing my, yourself here. And then by the time I finished swallowing my last supper, I just told them, I am full. The man said, ah, ah, you just took only one and you have, is it because your father, my father just said, ah, don't mind them. They were just eating it. I told them not to eat before they came here. They are finished and they are full. And by the time I got home, the only thing I heard was, he disgraced me in front of him. So what I did was, was speaking was volumes. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Have you been blessed this evening? So in this season where we speak well, the Lord will guide us. Wherever you need to learn, the Lord will give us grace to learn. Wherever we need to study, we'll put ourselves to study. And wherever we need to retrieve from talking, God will help us in the name of Jesus. In just one moment, just bow your heads and just thank the Lord for this season that God is speaking volume to us, that we should speak well and live well. In anything we do, God is preparing a, a Moses here this evening. God is preparing another Joshua to lead in your sphere of life. God is leading us to a, a, an encounter where we're going to speak ourselves all the way up to the glory of the name of the Lord. And the Lord will help us and so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you been blessed this evening? The name